Alrighty. Well, let's just you know, dive right into the. Hey, happy new year. Um, <laughs> yo. So we have had quite the month. We are currently in the second coldest record breaking day in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area. We're actually in Oak Park now. It's actually colder in Oak Park than it is in the city, which I find, I don't know the word. <laughs> Big, um, ridiculous. It's cold. So I found funny, guys, is that you could, when it's really hot, because it can get really hot in Chicago as well, you could have, like, ice cold water, throw it up in the air, pour it on the sidewalk. What happens to it? It evaporates. It evaporates. What I did not realize (laughs) was that if you boil some water, go outside, throw it in the air, what does it do? It evaporates. <laughs> so it's cold and we are under the same roof under many, many blankets and electric blankets, mm. tea, soup, bacon cookies. You know, my mom called one of our aunts who lives on the south side of the city. And she was also baking cookies. And I was like, that's how you know he related. Gang, gang. You know? So today is going to be a fun day. Because I asked many of you listening this question. We're going to do our best to tackle it. Guys, what is a distinction between, if any, dreams and visions. Mm. Who wants to bite into it first? I'll go. Okay. I'll take a stab at it. All right. So, uh, so the question was the distinction between visions and dreams, correct? Okay. So, the way I see it, um, when you say somebody has a vision, or some somebody has like. Um, some type of plan for the future, right? The vision um, I see as a systematic way of making uh, that dream come true. See, uh, see, visions are like projects, plans, systematically um, designed things that people go through in order to make their desires come true. Now, if you think about a dream, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna actually follow through with it. That just that just means that you have a you have a desire to do something. You have you don't you probably might not know how it's gonna get done, but you wanna do it. It might be it might be like a fantasy, it might you might think it may not happen, but if you have a vision that is a clear cut goal that you know um, systematically is possible to do. Either way, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. A young sage. Bro. A young sage. Uh-huh. Pretty about you. 
Um, well, I think that Sasuke Uchiha from Naruto put it best. Gang, gang. Um, so when he, he inter- when he's introduced at the beginning of the series, um, his character says, what I have is not a dream because I will make it a reality. Um, and so what I find is the greatest distinction between a dream and a vision is, um, if nothing else, responsibility. Um, with a dream, you don't necessarily have to be responsible for, you know, it. For a vision, it's, it's um, as Noah said, like making a plan, you're responsible for making that happen. Uh, with a dream, it's more so, I don't really have to deal with this. It's something nice that I would like think about doing, but I don't really have to do it if I don't want to. Um, having a vision is really um, taking charge of what you want to happen and taking the steps necessary to complete it. Uh, so yeah. Dope. Yeah, it was, uh, say, uh, I guess it could be a heavy topic, I guess. So I asked you guys on Facebook and I just want to read a couple of your responses. Uh, so shout out to, to, Kayla Anais, she said, when you have a vision, you you put forward the action to make it happen in a dream. It's just that a dream. Similar to what you guys are saying. It sounds like visions are what inspire or drive, rather, action to have it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have James here. Look at this novel that he wrote me on this post, guys. Mm-hmm. Look at that. It's just a whole dissertation on a Facebook post. He says, vision is the highest way we are aware of that we can live out our purpose. Dream may be the very medium through which we arrive at the various visions that we can live out our purpose as I liken to our imagination. Mm -hmm. So we can imagine slash dream of the many ways to live out our purpose today and tomorrow, which becomes our vision or visions. Mm -hmm. And then we take action. There's that word again toward manifesting our vision through goals focused on being the person that does and have what we envision. Mm -hmm. Hashtag. That's my thought at the moment. That was a lot. Mm-hmm. Where my PhD? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I went on further to say, so what I'm hearing is visions are coupled with actions. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy, you know, want to bring the Bible into it. I'm all for it. Bring it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the proverb, he paraphrases the proverb. Uh, one, as a man thinketh, so is he, is a proverb. And then he says, let's see. Let's see. No, that's it. Mm. So I said, cool. Well, then what about Acts 2-7? If you, um, if you guys are Bible readers at all. Even if you're not, uh, there is a passage of scripture in the Bible, Acts 2.17. It says, uh, the second half of the verse, 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Mm. Me, I'm thinking, well, what's the distinction between the two? And so I, I really just think it's just a level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Dreams typically happen at an unconscious level. I think the reason we can take action on a vision is because we are conscious. Like it, it has moved from the unconscious or the subconscious to the conscious. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like there's different levels of achievement. And once something moves to the conscious level and you're actually working toward it, is when you start to see some tangible, you know, properties or manifestation of those types of things. Mm-hmm. This is getting way deeper than I thought it was going to. Yeah, I mean, I just had another thought about it. It's like, I don't know, when I consider vision, especially with that, like, scripture you just had, mm-hmm. um, when I think about, like, the old men will dream dreams, it's, it's sort of, for me, I was thinking about, well, at that age when you're old and, like, you can't, do as much as you were able to i think uh one of the other distinctions is like visions are things that are in your control Mm. that you can go for Mm. dreams are more so things that you have no control over that could happen that are in the hands of other people i don't know Mm. so uh i think that's also a distinction that could be made young sage young sage Mm -hmm. young sage as you are young sage Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, that was what was on my mind earlier in the week, and I thought I would ask you. Those are your responses. I appreciate those. We appreciate those. It made our wheels and our brains turn a bit. I know that we have also been reading this month obviously i have been reading a lot and you guys have also been reading Mm -hmm. so as we mentioned last month i uh, and our parents were in san antonio tejas in texas it was so nice it was like 50 degrees every day (laughs) and i'm like these people don't know how good they have it that it's 50 degrees every day (laughs) Every day, but we had an opportunity to meet Mr. David Goggins, who is considered to be the world's toughest man. I love David Goggins. I right on. Like I when I was listening to him speak, looking him in the eyes, and just learning more about his story. And why now he's 44 years old now. For the past 20 years, he's been on this journey from where he came from. Very powerful story from where he came from to where he is now to where he where he's going next. And I love the fact that he said he's for him. There is no finish line for mm-hmm. him. You know, mm-hmm. he sets a goal. He works to achieve the goal and then he smashes said goal. And then this cycle repeats itself. You rinse, you wash, you repeat. And he holds right now the Guinness Book of World Records for the most pull-ups in 17 hours, which is 4,030. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty... I couldn't even set up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty, pretty darn impressive. 
And when I hear things like that, my initial reaction is always, man, I can do that too. Because, you know, I just really think that humans are meant to do some pretty dynamic things. I mean, we're dynamic beings. Mm -hmm. And he had something very powerful to say. He said, you know, sometimes people look at the things that I do and then they put a label on me like, oh, he's crazy or he's a freak of nature or, you know. Something they label him with something to give themselves an out as to why they cannot achieve something. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was so profound because it happens, you know. Oh, so and so is so cool. I could never be like that, so I'll be lame. So, guys, don't uh, don't do that to yourself. We are dynamic beings. Mm-hmm meant to do dynamic things with our lives should we so choose to put the work in and actually do it so no i know you're reading his book can't hurt me uh, yes, ma'am. Whoop, actually, it's a fantastic book yeah let me tell you um so actually actually i have it right here in front of me right now cool. um i've only gotten to like uh chapter three i'm a slow reader BT oh, good, bro. i'm very I'm very slow reader but that's only because if the book I'm reading is actually very good, I like you to process. You want to digest it. Yes, I just want to. I want to process. Um, I feel it. All that's like uh, been given to me. So, um, to summarize what I've read so far, um, Mr. David Goggins uh, basically dealt a bad hand when he was growing up. Um, basically, basically had to um, live a life um, in fear of his father. But it got to the but it got to the point where he just hated the man so much that he just didn't fear him anymore. He didn't even care if he got beaten or anything about it. He just had to like because he had to look out for his mother mm-hmm. as well as well as um, uh, his older brother. Mm-hmm. So what I got out of this is um, comparatively, people um, all over the world. People have different issues, different backgrounds, different like things they have to go through in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this book is teaching me right now is that no matter who you are um, or where you come from, if you have a desire to su- succeed or get out of the situation that you're in, you have the power to do it. Mm-hmm. Legit, you have the power to do it. I just live in a blessed life where I'm able to um, be with my family. Um, because we all support each other, but living in a household where literally you have a mom that fears for her life, yeah, as well as a as well as a father that really couldn't care less about you, yeah. it's like crazy. It's, it's sad, really. It's crazy. So I see you you've opened to a page. Is there something you'd like to share with the class? Yes. Um, I'm gonna read one of like the quotes. I'm going to quote this since I have the book open. Right quote now. time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have second place. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, let's flip it and find the page. I know Nicholas has also been reading. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what have you been reading? Um, I've been, you know, trying my hand at Jane Austen. He's not been trying his hand. What he means to say is that he has said, huh, Jane Austen, let's go. And I'm so happy because... You know, Jane Austen is one of my favorite authors. What a queen. She's kind of a beast, guys. Mm-hmm. And lived 
I feel like a full life though she passed. So young. So young. Oh Yet we still talk about Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility. Those are those are my personal favorites are Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility mm-hmm. in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, For which movie though? Would it be which no. Well, if we're talking about the book, Pride and Prejudice. If we're talking about the movie, I don't know. Pride I like I like Colin first Darcy, <laughs> but I also like Keira Knightley's Elizabeth. Elizabeth. So it's like, mm-hmm. hmm, that one scene when they're in the rain and she like, you know, runs out of the church, <sighs> and she's like. And those are the words of a gentleman <laughs> from the first moment you I met you. tell me that you like me get my better judgment. Bruh! <laughs> she went off. So, A-W-F-F yeah. off. And that's probably one of my favorite scenes of either of the Pride and Prejudice. But yeah, I encourage Ferdy to start. Uh, that's his. Oh, you encouraged me. Okay. I did. Remember, I, I, I gave said, you, I gave oh, you check off. Yeah. So guys, you know who check off is? He's a Russian playwright, and he's like, "Ooh, I want to read it." I those were not my words. Yeah, you gave it to me, and then I said, "Hmm, I guess." But then I gave it back, and now I'm reading it now. You see how he tries to play the people he says he loves, guys. I'm, I I'm just play nobody. Chill. Wow. <laughs> chill on me, please. We're gonna give Nicholas a moment to right. collect <laughs> himself. I you know what? Plucka. <laughs> Shout out to Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Jocelyn Garrett. I'm upset that Nicholas knows. <laughs> What that is, and that he won't stop using it because it's so funny. Oh my gosh, <laughs> guys! So I have a group chat with some of my uh, closest friends that, from high school. We still keep in contact with each other, and sometimes someone will post something in the group. Actually, why don't we talk about that real quick and then get back to Dave Goggins? Mm-hmm. So this guy's long story short, right? Takes this girl on a date first date goes terribly wrong and Mm -hmm. the lady's like yeah no no second no second date Mm -hmm. and so the the gentleman the guy i can't even call him gentleman Mm -hmm. he he says he gets upset and he says well then i want my money back Mm -hmm. you owe me for the meal Mm -hmm. and she's like uh okay do you have the cash app He's like, yeah. <laughs> she said, do you want the money for our both our meals? He says, yeah. She said, you want me to include the $1 tip you left too? <laughs> the the total bill, <laughs> what she paid to him, is $24, y'all. Big oof. $24. I think they went to Applebee's or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a tough time. And he was like, you ain't no Megan, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just assume this is what he sounds like. He just sounds like a goofy, like he took advice from a meme. Don't take advice from memes, guys. Come on now. And he was like, you, you not this, you not that. He's calling out her name. And so and so my, my good friend puts it in the, the group. He said, guys, what do you think about this? And I'm 
I usually respond in group texts and uh, gifts because <laughs> I just feel it's the most appropriate. And uh, long story short, everybody has to say what they have to say about this this guy that clearly needs some schooling. Mm-hmm. And Jocelyn says, Clucka. This is a word that she's been using for years. <laughs> okay. We graduated from high school in 2011. So she's been using this word since I've known her. Okay. Nicholas sees, <laughs> he's crying. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> You'll be so all right. Funny. He sees it and now he won't stop using the word. <laughs> I just don't even. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, David Goggins. <laughs> okay, so I know you found you found something. Yeah. Cool. Um, Better be good. Okay then. All right. This is a, this is the bit when he's. Uh, page in the book where he talks about um how children grow up especially yeah. under abuse yeah the way he phrased the way he phrases it is that uh and this is quote by the way i'm reading off the book personally mm-hmm. it's almost like no matter who our parents are and what they do we're all born with a moral compass that's properly tuned mm-hmm. when you're six seven or eight years old you know what feels right and what feels way the fuck off language see you have to read see you have to read the book there are a lot nah, of bombs in there david still... david goggins is famous for just letting the mugs fly boy he but a beep 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 like <laughs> letting them things loose yeah. let your f-bomb fly as opposed to your freak flag but keep going keep keep going keep going yeah and when you're born you are born into a cyclone of terror and pain you know it doesn't have to be that way and that truth nags at you like a splinter in your jacked up mind. You can choose to ignore it, but the dull throbbing is always there and the days and nights bleed together into one blurred minute. Cray. I did David Goggins describe his upbringing as his foundation. So every time he he's talking about, he lost, I think, a, a 160 pounds in less than three months, guys. I can tell by this page of this book actually yeah now the cover the cover art to can't hurt me is pretty stinking dope Mm -hmm. uh when david goggins first dropped the book it was out of stock so when i looked to go buy the book when i heard we were going to be meeting david goggins in san antonio i was like well let me go get his book let me read about this guy let me know you know let me educate myself about this man outside of what i've seen on social media and i couldn't buy the book because it was out of stock so it just it's just back in stock uh, we have uh, uh, one copy so far. Of course, we'll probably get several more. But um, yeah, he's uh, he has mad colorful language. You know what I'm saying? It takes all types. It'd be like that. It takes all types. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> but what he has to say, and more importantly, uh, how he has lived his life up to this point, I think is just a testament to the fact that he wasn't about to let his upbringing deter him from who he knew he could be. And one of the most powerful things he said, uh, and I'm going to close David Goggins' portion with this, one of the most powerful things he said, guys, was he doesn't want to make it to heaven, right? And he's standing on Judgment Day. And you know how old school 
uh, boards, you have to pull them down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he, this is how he sees it in his mind. He doesn't want the board to be pulled down. God pulls down the board and it says David Goggins. And it says he was a Navy SEAL. And it says that he lost 160 pounds in, in three months. And he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. And he impacted millions of lives. And he wrote a best-selling book and all of these other things. He said he didn't want to get to that moment where God pulls down who David Goggins was supposed to be and the David Goggins standing in front of him did not match. Mm-hmm. Like he was still 160 pounds overweight. He, you know, pretty much settled with his life and everything. He he didn't want he doesn't want that to happen, which is why he doesn't have a finish line. You know what I'm saying? He just continues to grow, continues to flourish and things like that. That, I think, was one of the most impactful things that he had to share with us while we were there that entire time. Because if you think about it, you know, Nicholas said it in the beginning, our, the visions, what we see in our mind, right, that's only for us to really see and understand and comprehend. That's our responsibility. That's the word you use, right? Mm-hmm. We have such a profound responsibility to the things that we've been entrusted with, to who much is given, much is required. So David Goggins is a, a phenomenal reminder and example of that if you guys don't know who david goggins is definitely google him david d-a-v-i-d goggins g-o-g-g-i-n-s you can follow him on instagram uh he's all over youtube all over youtube his book's name is can't hurt me i definitely suggest you get out there get a copy read it study it hit him up let him know how the book has impacted your life uh, I can't guarantee you in what way, but I definitely know if you have a pulse, it'll impact your life. So that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Nicholas is reading Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice. Queen. Jane Austen is a phenomenal writer. Phenomenal writer. And that's one of my favorite books. What would you say, Freddie, that you have been taking away from, you know, stepping out into a whole other because you're talking about traditional British literature not traditional American literature so um, I would definitely say the vocabulary is a lot more intense mm-hmm. um, like I had like I've already filled like a couple of pages with like words that I had like I had never heard never of heard. in my life <laughs> and I was like hmm what is this <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know just getting uh, my mind around like the syntax and diction also uh, has been a pretty interesting challenge, but yeah, just learning how to read in a different way. So, stretching that mind. Hey, Nicholas, give me an example of one of the vocabularies that you read. Um, ooh. See, if I give y'all a vocabulary, I'm not going to know what it means because I already forgot. Like, um, you you're a fraud, spider Okay, I'm not <laughs> a fraud. <laughs> I'm just telling y'all that I don't know the definition. Well, what's the like, word? Let's Google, it. Let's Google it right now. Uh, the word is caprice. C-A-C. Oh, for caprice. Yes. Like, you don't capri- remember wait. what caprice means? No, because it's a very complicated definition. You know, like a caprison? No. Um, uh, is, that sh- is that short? Leave the like, room. Caprice. C-A-P-R-I-C-E. I-C-E. Caprice. Caprice, a sudden and unaccountable change of mood or behavior. Mm-hmm. Caprice. So it's just, it's the same thing as like, oh, switch up. Like, 
like someone who's whimsical <laughs> someone who's whimsical right so mm-hmm. like their mood is just like the literal wind it like, fluctuates you, you never know like ooh, like those kind of people mm. i have to you know heisman from time to time because Bruh. you know <laughs> we're having a good time and then <laughs> caprice <laughs> Cool. Um, I'm reading several books. This is the last day of the month, so Nerd. nine books this month. And but the novel that I'm reading this month is none other than Fahrenheit 451. It was a pleasure to burn. Mm-hmm. I love that book, and I happened to get my hands on a copy of the 60th anniversary rendition mm. of the book mm. which means that I get to dig deep into you know Ray's mind mm. the the title changed like three or four times before he came up with Fahrenheit 451 as did the concept for the book mm. which I think is pretty interesting mm-hmm. but you know writing is a process all of writing is a process as we all know you want to tell us what the book is about mm-hmm. sure so Basically, this is a book set in the future, and reading books, having books, is illegal. Illegal! You cannot. I tend to gravitate more towards, if I'm reading fiction, uh, dystopian, that's what it's called, right? Yes. Dystopian-esque type books. Stay woke, y'all. Like, because all of this could happen. It could. <laughs> You're gonna be. Exposed. And what are you gonna do about it, right? Mm-hmm. So, we live. We live in a in a country. We're blessed to live in a country where you read whatever you want to read. Mm-hmm. You know, or write whatever you want to write, and uh, provided it's not hate speech or anything like that mm-hmm. you live your life <laughs> it's not like that everywhere in the world mm-hmm. um, but in this book Fahrenheit 451 it is illegal to read and Montag who is our main character is caught in a crossroads he's fascinated with books and his wife dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun. Mm-hmm. He meets a young girl, she's 17 years old, mm-hmm. who reads books. But you don't find that out until well into the. I don't want to spoil the whole book. Okay. Well. But um, the main character's name is Montag. Very interesting, very interesting character development. Because mm-hmm. you're like, Montag, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Um, but he's raised in a context where books are illegal. Mm-hmm. He smells like kerosene all the time. Mm-hmm. He can never fully get the smell out because he goes around to start fires. Mm-hmm. So one of his most important, like, I guess, defining moment questions to his superior was, is it true that firemen used to put fires out mm-hmm. instead of starting them? Mm-hmm. Be vigilant, America. I'm saying, man. <laughs> Don't sleep. Don't sleep. <laughs> so those are some of the books we've been reading for the month. Uh, we also have some exciting news. Mm-hmm. 
Nicholas and I will be writing mm-hmm. feverishly. <laughs> yes. I don't think we're allowed to like talk about that right now. We will not disclose any information except that Nicholas and I are writing mm-hmm. feverishly. And more to come. Mm-hmm. We said that we were, you know, definitely going to be sharing new projects and things like that mm-hmm. as we, as time passes and we can. So what we can say is, we are writing. Bruh. <laughs> That's what we can say. Um, and as we can say more, we will definitely say more. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, guys. So now... I asked on Instagram what people really were curious most about. Was it gifting or ego? You know, you do that poll. Mm-hmm. These mugs left me at 50-50. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so how do we have it. to talk about that? So here's what I thought. How? Here's a question. How do we... Each of us have very, very specific and unique gifts to each of us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How do we work together without having ego interrupt creative process? Mm-hmm. How do you think? I'll let you guys go first. Whichever of you wants to just mm-hmm. jump on in there. I'll think of it like this. The pro- one of the projects the three of us worked on together was um, a performance at our local church about yeah. uh, project Project Pure Gold. We, yes. t- we talked about that last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So, during that process, um, I, I myself, um, I would describe myself as a person that not as creative as uh, my brother or my sister, mm-hmm. but, however... Um, I was passionate about the process of working with them to deliver a message. Yeah. And I was familiar with the product. Mm-hmm. So I would describe myself as, um, in terms of giftings, I'd probably say I'm the person that leans towards um, a team player. I do, I would do anything and every, anything, even if I'm not that good at it, I'd always just ask questions, ask for help, and see what I can do. And ego is taking out the question because I'm, I know myself, I'm not good at um, creating um, striking lines or writing poetry. Mm-hmm. But it is something I am familiar with. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Like knowing, not necessarily your like limitations, but, you know, understanding you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Fernando. Um, I would say the same. I would say uh, for me, I spent the last four years really getting to um, understand and appreciate my own strengths and what I know I'm able to do. Um, and also surrounding myself with people that will compensate for the stuff that I'm not so great at. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, being like egotistical isn't, as much of a problem because I know that there are so many just things that I won't be able to do like that's just how it is um and to be honest like it doesn't bother me that I'm not 
able to do those things because I know there are people around me that can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like uh, being able to work with any and everyone is the most important part. It's just part of being part of the Libra gang. But um, (laughs) I don't know. I think ego is definitely a hindrance when you think, oh, well, I can do this, this and that. I really don't need you. But I mean, you're here. Uh, That's... It's not a good way to look at it because then you're going to run into a wall where you're just like, wait, but if I do this, then it'll all be fine. But it won't be. It's going to suck because you can't do that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you are too slow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's funny that you mentioned that because I do I do know some... Uh, if, you are, if you guys are into Zodiac... <clears throat> we are definitely aware of our zodiac signs. Purely, bro. We do not let it consume our lives, though. Like, I mean, some people, they'd be like, mm. <laughs> What's my horse today? <laughs> Don't let it consume your life. No, but I, I have met, but the, here's the thing they're October Libras. So I've met certain mm. Libras that are, they're just like, mine. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> Would you chill, bro? I think a lot of how you are raised and what you have access to also influences certain aspects of your character to come to the forefront. But I think specifically with the three of us, we weren't raised in a context where you had to, you know, uh, I guess, protect your ego. You know what I'm saying? Like... I don't know if somebody's I don't know I I personally as far as the three of us are concerned I personally don't care I would rather us get the work done and do and do the best that we can and I understand that there are things that I'm very strong in and other areas where I'm not and so that's where you know that's where the teamwork comes in Mm -hmm. Um, and then the actual next thing that people are asking is like how do you have confidence in teamwork and I think that that really comes from you the individual giving of your best to the team mm-hmm. uh, for the outcome you know the outcome is the team has to win actually one of the books I read last month was the five dysfunctions of a team and um, with the with the with the uh, foundation of the dysfunction being trust and I will say I mean we're definitely siblings and we definitely bicker and disagree strongly mm-hmm. frequently <laughs> you go stop with that word uh, I definitely will say that we trust each other like if it came down to hey there's a uh, dead body <laughs> no questions asked bring a shovel I mean yeah yeah I'd be like okay what dead body I just a large that's what I know I mean I feel like that'd be pretty you awkward. got conditioned bro <laughs> yes because if you kill off one of my friends bro I'm gonna feel some type of way he ran into my knife ten times <laughs> he ran into my knife ten times <laughs> Go and watch Chicago, y'all. Oh yeah, man. So I think confidence really comes from from the foundation. Comes from trust. Mm -hmm. Like I trust that this person is genuinely for me. 
has my best interests at heart. And oh my gosh, you guys. And, and it starts from there. We're also not afraid to call each other out. Yeah. At all. Butthead. Like there is no like there's no fear in being like, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? How could you say that? Why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? How come you weren't here? Oh my gosh, we have to do also because dude, especially when we're under the same roof and mom and dad, right? Uh. They're like do XYZ. Oh my god. Don't nobody feel like they, here they have their extra mouth. letters to the alphabet after Z, G. They be X, Y, Z, and some other letters, and I didn't even hear it. I feel like that's the amount of stuff that they give us to do. And so, to eliminate stress, we just call each other out quickly. Network. Yeah. That's really it. I mean,. But I don't, you can, I don't know if you, if you don't have a rapport with somebody, you don't trust a person, calling out is like, yeah, I'm good. Because it, that quickly turns into fighting words and mm-hmm. that's how you end up with, Sharkeisha, no! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, building trust is definitely like major key. Mm-hmm. We've been around each other for a very long time. I know. I'm still alive. Just it's a miracle. How is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one time Nicholas locked us out? Whatever. He was two years old. Let me tell you guys this story. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. We were new to the area, right? We were new I to Oak Park. <laughs> Nicholas has left the chat. We're new to the Oak Park area. Nicholas is a is a firecracker toddler. He's talking all the time, right? I go downstairs to help mom bring groceries upstairs. Mom and dad have to bring groceries upstairs. Noah, of course, follows me, and Nicholas is like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not laugh like that. You're gross. <laughs> and then he slams door behind Noah and I it was like laughing you can hear him laughing running back and forth but then he realizes wait this isn't the game I'm actually locked inside of the house <laughs> long story short mom gets mad you locked my toy out I'm like he closed the door it's <laughs> my fault you guys should have been more you know diligent should we have been Freddy maybe yeah. you should have not been by the door I was too. What did you expect me to do? Not be Today by, by the rule? Yes. Y'all are fake. Hold on. <laughs> no, because oh my I gosh. feel like oh, being an older sibling comes with certain responsibilities that y'all did not It fulfill. definitely does. Uh, hi, excuse me. You let me lock myself in the house. I feel like that's just an error. You're an error. Ha! <laughs> That was rude. <laughs> no, no, I'm really not talking to y'all anymore. No. Woo! <laughs> that was funny. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. was mean spirited. No, because if 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 I left the same opening, you would have taken the same shot. Don't, <laughs> hey, don't even try to fly. <laughs> you <would> take... <laughs> I see that to deal with. It. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whatever, Noel. <laughs> Go away. No. Woo! You go back to the bar. <laughs> if we have any Keen Peel fans out there, respect. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about two funny individuals, Keegan and Jordan Peel. Hilarious. Also, shout out to Langston Kermit. What a queen. I love Langston. So Langston also graduated from OPRF. He is a poet, but is now um, a comedian. He's been on Comedy Central now. Um, a couple insecure times. on HBO. Yeah, his album out. Like, he's just doing some major things. I just want to give some love to a fellow Husky. Uh, I worked with Langston when I was a student at OPRF. And so it's just really dope to see where he is now. Mm. Um, but yeah... Listen, guys, we don't know an outro yet because life, mm-hmm. right? But but uh, next month, February is Black History Month. Want to give a quick um, announcement. February 23rd, okay? The 23rd of February. Febrero 23rd. February 23rd. We're doing a, a bachata shoot outside. It's either going to be in the city or uh, closer to the burbs, depending. We're negotiating right now on certain uh, locations. We're doing a bachata shoot. It's threefold. It is a tribute to Chicago, the city. It is a tribute to um, Dominican Republic Independence Day, which is the 27th of December. Hey, hey, okay, okay, okay. okay. And it is also, of course, what this country realizes is Black History Month, even though we know that Black History Month is every month that we breathe. You feel me? These three things are uniquely connected to us. And so February 23rd, we will be having the bachata shoot. We're looking for the marketing materials that are going to come out this weekend. This podcast will drop today. You guys can check that out on our socials again. I can be found at N-O-E-L-L-E underscore A-I-I-S-A Noel underscore Aisa. You can find Nicholas at NB Draw Master 8. And you can find Noah at Barry underscore Brilliance. Boom. You can follow us on the gram. I love to hear from you guys. We are going to get out of here because uh, it is also closeout in the business world. And I got some calls to hop on. So it's been great sitting and chatting with you guys, catching up with you guys. You guys can find us here again next month in February. Remember, February 23rd, holla at your girl. There'll definitely be more things around. But come out, show me a little, you know what I'm saying? A little bachata step. If you feel like you can weather the weather. Cause that's what you gotta do, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what you gotta do, man. Alrighty. We're gonna get out of here. See you guys next month. Thank you for joining us on Threes A Riot. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Alright. Cutie outro. Hey! Riot! <laughs> Take the chicken and 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 ch